0: podcast help desk number 17 for may 1st 2014 rabbit rabbit rabbit
1: this is the podcast help desk with your host mike dell if you have questions about podcasting how it works how to set up your website or rss feed drop mike a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com or email your question to podcast at gmail.com. You can even tweet your question by using the hashtag podcast The podcast help desk is now open.
0: And welcome to the podcast help desk. I am the aforementioned Mike and going to be answering some random questions that I've gotten through the week. I kind of thought I wasn't going to have very much for this show, and uh, you guys came through. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the questions. First one, uh, anonymous, says, my RSS feed looks funny. I want it to look like a webpage. Not really a question, kind of a statement, but My answer is, well, an RSS feed is supposed to look funny. It was never supposed to be looked at by humans. FeedBurner, back in the day, tried to make it human-viewable, and they did a pretty good job. But, as you know, if you've listened to me before, you don't need FeedBurner to podcast, and you really shouldn't worry how your RSS feed looks. You should worry about how it works. And a little more background on RSS feeds. Uh, R- RSS feeds are the lifeblood of a podcast. I mean, that is your, you know, that's that's like the transmitter for a radio station. Uh, you know, and, and uh, iTunes and uh, Stitcher and, you know, all the other uh, podcatcher apps that uh, are out there are like the uh, radio receivers a radio station and your RSS feed is the transmitter. So you just have to have it to tell the information. You know, it has to be, you know, like on, on a radio station, you got to make sure it's the right frequency and and that it's the right power level to reach your your audience and all that. Well, the same sort of thing goes with the RSS feed. You got to have the right tags, you know, such as uh, you know, your art, your, your artwork for your feed, you got to have, you know, the show host name, the title of the, of the uh, podcast, title of the episode, you know, all these little things in your RSS feed that make it display properly in, you know, in other people's podcatchers. And, and the thing about RSS is it's a standard. Now, iTunes has kind of warped that a little bit, and there's kind of an RSS iTunes standard. But luckily, pretty much everybody else plays by those rules. So as long as you've got all your tags in there right for iTunes, it'll look good on pretty much everything else. Uh, but like I said, just think of it as, as your RSS feed is the transmitter. You really don't care what the waveform looks like just as long as it transmits. <laughs> and the best way to look at your feed to verify that it'll work is first go to Firefox. And I know everybody uses their, their own browser that they like the best. Well, for a podcaster, not saying you should use Firefox for everything, but for this particular thing, use Firefox for the first step. You, you put your RSS feed address into the address bar on Firefox, and Firefox does kind of a feed burnery thing, and makes it a little more human-readable, and... You know, at least with that, you can verify that the title shows up. You can verify that your artwork it shows up. It'll be up in the upper right corner. And you can see if all the episodes are in the feed or all of them that you want to be in your feed. You know, you don't want... If you've got 7,000 episodes, you don't want all 7,000 episodes in there. Of course, nobody has 7,000 episodes that I know of. But, you know, you don't want any more than 100 or maybe you know, 50 to 100, depending. Just got to make sure your feed doesn't get too big. Uh, That would be kind of the equivalent of having too much power and blowing the receiver out of somebody's radio if you were operating a transmitter, but it's not exactly a good analogy. But, you know, first step, like I said, is go to Firefox. Make sure that the episodes there, make sure the artwork's there, you know, all that good stuff. Make sure the feed actually exists, that you got the right address, and so on. And then the second thing I always do, you know, when I'm in question about whether my feed's working is I go to feedvalidator.org. I have a link in the show notes to that. And Feed Validator is kind of in the same boat with Feed Burner not that uh, I don't recommend it I don't recommend feed burner I do recommend feed validator but feed validator also has not really been updated and maintained over the years and so certain things it doesn't know about but it's still a pretty good uh, estimation of you know what's going on with your feed and you know if your feed checks out in feed validator you'll get this you know, nice little thing that says, valid RSS. This is a valid RSS feed. But then there will also be recommendations. You can ignore most of these. As, you know, this is where it shows that feed burner or FeedBurner, <clears throat> see, I'm going to do that. Feed Validator has not been updated. And one of them is if you're using uh, PowerPress, as you should, it will complain about this thing called the Raw Voice namespace. You can ignore this. All that means is Raw Voice put out a standard for the namespace for RSS, and it's been picked up by everybody except Feed Validator, so Feed Validator doesn't know anything about this. There's also a thing called uh, iTunes order tag, which iTunes put out. and not everybody, but a fair amount of, of feed readers and podcatchers and whatnot have accepted that one, but, again, Feed Validator has not. So, And that one will actually fail your feed. That one will say that your feed's not valid. But if that's the only reason, then you can ignore that and your feed is valid because it will tell you all the things that that cause your feed to be invalid. And But like I said, if it, with the recommendations... You know, some of them, it'd be nice to clean them up if you can, but uh, for the most part, it's not going to affect how your feed works with most podcatchers. Uh, but, you know, the best result, if you're using PowerPress, would be your feed validates and the only recommendation would be the uh, the raw voice thing. Uh, so, you know, if as long as that shows up, your feed's perfect. It's golden. Good to go. And sticking with the RSS feed thing, uh, I got this question this week. Uh, I'm setting up my WordPress and PowerPress website for podcasting, and when I try to validate my feed, it comes up with a 404 error. It's, you know, here's my answer. It's quite normal, actually. Uh, if you haven't put your first episode in there, uh, then it will 404 with PowerPress because PowerPress doesn't work exactly the way that uh, you would expect. It, it does not generate an RSS feed file, an XML file, without adding other uh, <laughs> without adding other things to it. But um, It just, it's a dynamic feed. So when someone hits your feed address at that point, WordPress and PowerPress adding its little bits to it generates the feed on the fly. So if you don't have any episodes in the feed or any posts in the feed, if, you know, in the case of a text post, it would work the same way. If you set up a WordPress blog and you delete the Hello World post... And then try to validate the feed. It's not going to show anything because there's no no items in the feed. There has to be items before WordPress generates a feed. But anyway, so that's that's the easiest way to to. Uh, or that's the first thing that I would make sure is, you know. Make sure you have something in the feed. There's other things that can mess up your feed, such as other plugins or your theme. So if you do have episodes already published and your feed still comes up 404, first off, make sure that you have the the feed address correct. A lot of a lot of times, you know, people think it's one thing, and it's really another thing. And the other thing is make sure that you've linked your podcast media file in the post correctly. You know, uh, in PowerPress, it's down at the bottom of the post template. You put a URL in the in the uh, UR, podcast URL block or media URL block and hit verify. And if it comes up green, you publish it and voila, it's in there correctly. If that all checks out and you're still getting a 404, then it's more than likely a theme issue or a plugin issue. And the way I like to troubleshoot those is I go in there and deactivate all my plugins. You know, just deactivate them. You don't have to delete them or anything else. Just deactivate them, all of them, except for PowerPress, because that's what you're trying to troubleshoot. And also switch your theme to the stock WordPress theme, you know, temporarily. But, you know, the 20, I think it's 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. I think you got a choice all of all those. Uh, whichever one is the one that came with your version of WordPress. And if you've had WordPress for a while... You might have more than one of those, but any one of those will work. And then check your feed. And if it's still 404s, then there's something really wrong, and uh, you need help. (laughs) So I don't don't know where else to check from there. I mean, we'd figure it out, but you'd have to uh, hire me or or somebody else to go in there and figure that one out. But for the most part, your feed should pop back as long as you've got media files in your podcast-only feed from powerpress and the posts are published and you know and everything's right it won't 404 so then to eliminate possibilities then put you back your uh, normal uh, theme and then check it again and make sure you clear the cache in your on your Firefox please use Firefox because it's the best one and say and I'm not saying it's the best browser; it's the best one for this. But anyway, uh, if if the feed's still there, then activate a plugin. If the f- then check it again, and keep going until you've activated a plugin, and it goes away. Then you you know what that plugin is. At that point, I would try to find an alternative for that plugin, or if you really don't need that plugin, just leave it deactivated and activate all the rest of them. Check it again. And if you do find a plugin that does that, uh, it's also a good idea to email me, of course, at my work address, mike at rawvoice.com. And that way I can pass it on to the powers that be and uh, we can troubleshoot and see if we can find a workaround for that plugin or work with the developer of that plugin to fix whatever is wrong, either in our plugin or theirs. But. We've been pretty lucky so far. There's only been a few of those that have caused problems. Uh, You can also contact the plugin developer yourself. That wouldn't hurt, especially if we're going to contact them too. But, you know, make sure you let us know at Blueberry and Raw Voice that that you have a plugin that it caused trouble with your PowerPress feed. If you're on another platform, uh, you know, if you're writing your own tags and stuff, just make sure you got the addresses right. But... uh, you know, on a dynamically generated feed address, at 404 means there's something generally wrong with with uh, plug-in conflicts or theme conflicts. And, well, I guess one more for RSS feeds. I had this one today, actually. I'm moving my podcast to another site. How do I move the RSS feed so that everyone that is subscribed from the old site... Uh, you know, picks up the new feed from the new site. And I kind of went through that uh, in the uh, episode about, uh, about, you know, rebranding. I think that was uh, episode 14. Uh, I don't know. Might be. It'll be in the show notes for sure. But uh, anyway, that the, that episode, I kind of went over this, but uh, there's there's other answers to this. Uh First off, at this this point in the conversation, I didn't know whether he was moving from his own website or moving from a site that he didn't own to a site that he owns. So I answered it both ways. Uh, if you're moving from one website to another one that you own, 301 redirect of the old feed to the new feed is what you need to do. And, uh, yeah, I believe that's in episode 14. That's what I put here. <laughs> anyway... One thing you need to do is to move all the posts from the old site to the new site before you put in the 301 redirect. And then you got to relink your episodes to the media for each post. And that's assuming you're using a media host such as Blueberry, Libsyn, Amazon, you know, something other than your web hosting. Because if you're using your web hosting, then you're going to have to go in and physically move the, the uh, episodes episode files, and then you got to relink them in all the posts after you've recreated the posts. Or you could, you know, in WordPress, you just, you know, take the database from one to the other and voila, like I did. But, you know, that's that's basically it, 301. And, yes, I know in PowerPress there is a uh, iTunes new feed URL tag, and, you know, if you're writing your own RSS, you can do that. But that's only going to get iTunes and a select few others that, that look for that tag, but it's not going to get Stitcher, it's not going to get, you know, people using Downcast and, you know, God knows what other feed reader, but, you know, but it will get iTunes, and, you know, in my case, that's only 50% or so of, of my subscribers, so if I want to make sure that I get them all, then, you know, I do the 301 redirect, and that gets them all. You know, anybody that hits that feed will find out that, oh, no, it's over here now. You know, it's like call forwarding on your telephone. Of course, a lot of people now don't even have landline phones, so I guess that, that's not probably a good a- analogy anymore, but, oh, well. I'm old. I can't help it. And let's see, if you're moving from a site that you don't own to the one that you do, pretty much, with, with few exceptions, you know, companies that, that uh, have an RSS feed that's their company's address for your podcast. Uh, Nine times out of ten, they're not going to do this or make it easy for you to do it. And, you know, you're just going to have to beg them. And a lot of times, that doesn't even work. Uh, Lipson's good about that. If you've been using the Lipson feed, for your podcast and you're you're moving to a WordPress, PowerPress setup, or or your own setup of whatever sort, and you're still staying at Libsyn, you just put in a redirect at Libsyn. It's it's not a big deal, and they're happy. They'd be happy to help you out with that. So you know, Libsyn that's one of them that's really good. Uh, a lot of the other ones not so much, uh, especially Podbean and and uh, Blog Talk Radio and shoe and all those kind of places, but we've talked about that ad nauseum before. But anyway, and if that doesn't work, you know, if they won't do it, which like I said, too many times that's the case, you gotta go with Plan B. And my Plan B, and it's worked for me before, a long time ago. I was on a captive website and moved to my own WordPress thing on one of my podcasts, and. I had to do this, and it worked, you know, and I, and I did lose some subscribers, but after what I'm going to tell you, if you lose a lot of subscribers, then you didn't have very engaged listeners anyway. Sorry, fact is a fact. It, you know, this, this is a surefire way of getting your engaged listeners to move with you. Thirty Thirty days. Or at least four episodes, however your schedule is. But I, I you know, thirty days, four episodes is about right. You get your new site up and running, move your posts over, you know, relink, do all that stuff, get your podcast basically moved. And then thirty days before you you record two versions of your shows. Actually, you record your show. And then you add to the beginning and to the end of your shows. And I do it right at the beginning and right at the end. And I just say something like, if you're hearing this, you will not receive the new episodes after whatever date. I am moving the feed. And the new feed is available at, and you give them your new website address. And then you make sure you have your RSS feed available on the website, you know, prominently here's the new feed or here's the you know and then also put your itunes link your stitcher link whatever for the new show not or for the new feed not for the the old one and you know you're you're as far as you're listing at itunes you're just going to have to resubmit the new feed to itunes uh, because you know the old company in most cases is not going to relinquish control of that what you can do is you can go into itunes into the itunes store the podcasting section for your old listing, and report a concern saying, "Hey, my feed is moved here," and do that lots of times. It'll take them a while, but eventually, they'll delete that listing and/or combine it with the current listing that you have, and then and it'll be all good. But like I said, you're going to lose some subscribers. But you do this for every episode. You record two two versions, or you have one version, then you uh, and then make two versions out of it. And like I said, put that announcement at the beginning and the end of each of the episodes. After you've done that four times or thirty days, then you oh, and you post the normal episode without those announcements to the new website. And then at the end of thirty days or four episodes, as I was saying, record an announcement, and this is all that's just all it's going to be. The file it's going to be a little tiny file. It says this feed is moved. Please. If you would like to continue to listen, uh, you know, go to this web address and resubscribe. and You know, just make it simple, you know, uh, you know, a little 10-second thing. So when anybody comes to that, you know, somehow finds that feed or sees that in iTunes, and, and also, you know, on top of that, you got to keep the other, the, the old website going as if you were doing it normally for probably another month after that. So if you're, say, you're paying Podbean uh, to podcast and you've now moved on to, you know, your own setup, you're going to have to keep your Podbean account up for two months or maybe more. Uh, You know, it doesn't hurt to go more except for it costs money. So, or if you're using their free thing, leave it up indefinitely, you know, because the the first episode they're going to hear is, this feed is moved. If you'd like to continue to listen, go to website, blah, 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 you know. That's that's the easiest way, Uh, and the most effective way. Boy, I got every machine in the basement here going off. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, sorry about that. If you're hearing it, you're probably not. And I got another question about audio uh, background noise and stuff, (laughs) but we'll uh, save that till I get to it. There's a question I got on Facebook from Michael. He says, uh, do you have experience with Call Recorder that you could talk about and how to use it to record Skype with one or two guests and adjust the audio levels on each of the guests' recording? Excuse me, sorry. And my answer to that was, no, I haven't really used Call Recorder. I'm sure it works about the same as the one I used back in the day. I used one called Pamela for Windows. I'm not even sure they're around anymore. But on Pamela, if you only have one other guest, you know, one person in the call, there was a way to split the caller to to the one channel left, and the host to the right side, and then in audacity you could split that into two mono files, adjust the volumes to match, then mix them together back into a stereo or joint mono file with left and right channels, and that would match up the the volumes and I, I think that's his main problem is the uh, volumes uh, another way to fix it if you can't split it into channels and like i said i'm not familiar with call recorder and i do have a pc here but um i don't know if it'll even boot so <laughs> i'm kind of stuck in mac world here but uh, uh, another way to fix it in post, like I said, if you can't split the channels, is to use something like Levelator. And Levelator, that's that's another thing. I don't really recommend that anymore because they're not maintaining it. But I will have a link to it in the show notes, and it is still available. the The latest version, which is at least a couple years old, and Levelator is kind of a neat uh, little tool. It takes, you know, say, you know, you got somebody, somebody that's really loud. Then you got somebody that was way off the mic like this. And then it, what Levelator does is it goes in there and levels everything. And you have to save out your recording as a WAV file. Or on Mac you can use AIFF. But use WAV anyway, even if you're on a Mac. But uh, you just drop your file on there and it levelates it and saves it out with a different file name. So you can, you know, keeps the old one. But that's kind of the nuclear option, if you ask me. The best way with sound recording software for Skype is to make sure you set each of the guests' audio before recording. And that's, you know, sounds simple, but, you know, sometimes the best solution's a non-techie one. And and what I mean by setting their audio, let them set their audio levels or, you know, teach them some mic technique, you know, uh... Because you know, you really don't have control, especially if you got more than than one on a call. You you gotta pretty much get them all, you know, the same. Uh, you know, uh, I've participated a couple times in podcaster roundtable, and before the hangout starts, uh, you know, they go around and uh, make sure everybody's pretty much at the same level. Because you know, it is so hard to fix in post edit. So, my suggestion would be. Well, my real suggestion's coming up. The best way to record Skype is not using Call Recorder or anything else like that. But uh, use... Yeah, like I said, the best bet is just to, you know, get everybody on the same page before you start recording. But the best way, very best way to record Skype, and it takes a lot more equipment, a little time, a lot of setup, it's called a mix minus, and, you know, to do that, you got to have a second computer or a phone or a tablet. You know, most people have either a phone or a tablet, and most people got a second computer. But, uh, or, like I say, you, like I've done it, uh, is, is have a second sound card, but you got to have a pretty beefy computer <coughs> to do that. Uh, like I could go on and on and on about mix monitors. In fact, I'll probably do an entire episode about it. But uh, the gist of it is: is if you got a higher end mix uh, mixer with aux channels, you have, uh, and sometimes you need multiple devices. But uh, I can I can run three here, uh, three auxes and do three different mix minuses so I could technically have three guests. And the way I would do that is I'd have my iPhone with Skype on it, uh, plugged into one channel. I'd have my second sound card on my Macintosh uh, dialed into Skype uh, for the second caller into a different account. And the third one I'd, you know, borrow my wife's laptop and do the same thing. But you know, you have each of them on their own Aux channel. And you can control what they hear back. So, say, caller one is on channel one, caller two is on channel two, and caller three is on channel three. It's to make it easy. Most likely you'll be on channel one with your microphone. But anyway, so you got one, two, and three. On aux one, you turn up the volume to channels two and three, but turn off the volume for aux one. And that's just the aux channel, not the not the main volume. And that's where you would set your levels for each. Your guess would be the main sliders for each. And then on two, you would turn up one and three, turn down two. That's so they don't hear themselves back through the mixer and so on. You do that and, you know, with all the cables and wiring. And like I said, I'll do an entire episode about that, probably even a video because it is a tad Complicated, but once it's set up, it uh, works like a champ. But that's really the way to do it, uh, rather than using those those uh, call recording software packages for Skype. And you know, on top of that, uh, you know, it works better for the, the guests. But if you're going to use that, uh, you know, it's a little pre-production is probably the best way to do it. Is you know, get everybody to set their levels before you start the recording. And, uh, you know test it test it test it and I know it's kind of a pain but you know it's it's either you're, you're gonna be uh, buying and setting up equipment or just take a little extra time to, to get uh, get your guests you know set up and, and taught to stay the same distance from the mic and, and all that good stuff <laughs> but anyway okay on to a different topic. This one's from Ashley. This came in on Google+. Plus. So Hey, you can find me over there, too, obviously. Uh, this was in uh, in uh, Google+. Plus. And let's see. Ashley says, I bought a new Yeti to replace my Snowball recently. Those are microphones. And it's highlighted how bad my room is. I think it picks up way too much, which is obviously, uh, you know, obviously a problem. Uh, you know, he... he it says uh, you know you can hear everything from picking up keyboard noise uh, rubbing the desk on, you know <laughs> you know moving the the boom around the echo from the room all that stuff but and i'm familiar with the yeti and the snowball i i had a snowball around here somewhere and i don't know i've got a uh, another these are all uh, uh usb mics and they are condenser mics and that's the problem condenser mics pick up everything Uh, you know can be a good thing if you're in a quiet room or if you're in a place with ambiance as i uh, talked about in my mobile uh, podcast there i think it was episode 12 maybe Uh, but you know sometimes you don't want that. You want the uh, studio sound, or the, you know, the lack of distractions in the background type sound, like I'm hoping I've got here. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a sample of condenser mic that I recorded just before I started recording this. Okay, I do have a condenser mic here, and that's the condenser mic on my R05 recorder. That I'm using to record the show but uh, just after I recorded from the studio mic I am recording this little sample that I'm going to insert at the right time so you can of course hear the furnace probably running and you can hear other things in the background Okay back to the studio and you could hear that all that fan noise and and all that other kind of uh, of room echo and all that stuff in it, uh, those, that was the uh, portable recorder that I'm using uh, right now to record this through the mixer that was using the internal mics from that. And it was set basically in front of me on the desk. So it would pretty much replicate what a, a Yeti or a Snowball or, or even a higher end condenser mic would sound like, but the, uh, you know, and here's, here's another non-technical solution. Really the best way is to move to a quieter room. And I know that's not what you really want to do. Uh, I've actually heard of people taking their podcast rig and setting it up in a closet full of clothes, and they just get in there amongst the clothes. A lot of voiceover uh, artists do that with a nice you know, condenser, a big Sennheiser, some, some real fancy expensive mic. But, you know, most podcasters don't want to do that. They want to sit at their desk. And, you know, if their desk's in a noisy room, well, you've got to make do. Uh, if you're going to keep the condenser, I, I would suggest moving to a, a dynamic mic, such as what I'm using here, the PR-40, or a less expensive one. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of those out there. But a dynamic mic, because I'm using a dynamic mic. And this room, as you heard from the little sample, is not quiet. It's it's pretty quiet with this microphone, and and with the technique that I use to record. Of course, you just heard the dog. Maybe you heard that. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> he just uh, shook his head, and uh, and his uh, dog tags made noise. But like I said, you might not even have heard that. I don't know. But if you're gonna continue to use it, he turned down the gain uh, on the recording. I mean, turn it right down. I mean, you make it sure you can hear it, but. You turn it down, and then you get up real close to the mic, kind of like this, and you talk. You know, pretty good, pretty good volume. But you got to get right up to it. And like I said, I don't want to overdrive my recording here. But if you get right up to it, that kind of blocks out the the room noise, and with the gain turned down, uh, you're going to pick up a lot less of that. You're not going to. It's not going to be perfect, but. You know, I think a couple episodes ago I talked about that.
1: Uh, like I said, I'll have
0: all the links in the show notes to other episodes, but uh, you can pretty much go back at, at uh, podcasthelpdesk.com and find those. But, uh, but like I said, the, the number one solution is move to a quiet room. Number two solution is just turn down the gain and get close to the mic. Make sure you use a pop filter too, and then you can boost the gain and post edit if you need to. Like I said, I do that here, and I'm using a dynamic mic. I I boost the gain in post-edit most of the time, and it works fine. All right. Uh, Hey, uh, one thing. Uh, This isn't just for podcasters. Uh, Sometimes I get questions from podcast listeners. And uh, a friend of mine or an acquaintance of mine I guess I could consider him a friend. I've I've conversed with him lots of times uh, via the interwebs. And uh, anyway, it was Lester uh, on Twitter. It's at Amish Trucker. But anyway, uh, Lester asks, uh, when a podcast is only on iTunes, can you get the RSS feed address with just the iTunes information when a search doesn't find one? And what he's trying to say is, can you get the the RSS feed from iTunes? If say you want to put it in Downcast and you can't find it any other way, and you need to find the base RSS feed, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Uh, you have to have the iTunes app on your computer. I you know you know what I mean. Have iTunes on your computer. That's an app too, but the iTunes application, not not anything on a phone or a tablet. You go to, uh, in your iTunes, on your computer, you go to the podcast area, of course, uh, in your iTunes library, not in the store. Second, you right-click on the name of the podcast in question. Third, select copy podcast URL, and then last, paste it into a document so you can read it or email it to your mobile device to add to another podcatcher or, you know, whatever you do. But you gotta, you know, you can only copy it. And then paste it, copy it to the clipboard and paste it. It's not, it doesn't just show it to you. So you gotta paste it into something so you can see it. But that's that's something for podcast producers. Always, 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 always put the RSS feed address on your home page. Make it easy for people to find it. Because not everybody's going to use iTunes. You know, the click to subscribe on iTunes is, is all great and good if they're on an Apple device or they're on a, uh, a computer with iTunes in it. Otherwise, it's useless. So put the regular RSS feed there. Uh, I mean, that's, like I said before, that's the lifeblood of your podcast. That's, that's the transmitter for your radio station. So make sure that it's available. So, okay, well, we're at the near the end of the show. I did have a couple things I wanted to do here. Uh, yeah, let's play this one. I, I want to play a, a, a little ad for, for Blueberry.
1: I walked through the damp, foggy streets, my mind swirling. So much content, so many podcasts. How do I find the best? Then it hit me, like a big blue neon sign flashing through the mist. Blueberry. All I had to do was drop the E's and go to Blueberry.com. Blueberry, the digital media interface for consumers, creators, and advertisers.
0: And if you would like to get 30 days free of either podcast hosting or podcast Statistics, the uh, premium version, there is a free version, but if you want the premium version of the statistics or you want a hosting account, which includes the statistics, uh, go to uh, Blueberry.com and uh, navigate to the uh, area where they talk about the hosting and pick the plan that you need, either hosting or the statistics, and use the promo code NOBS, N-O-B-S, and uh, that'll give you 30 days free, it'll give me a little kickback, and uh, everybody's happy, you can try it out, if you don't like it, you can cancel it, and you won't be charged, and all's well that ends well. Uh, the other thing I wanted, to, uh, two more things, uh, this is all uh, advertisement related, so hey, you know, don't uh, <laughs> if you if you don't want to listen to that. Well, see ya next week. But uh, it would really help me out if, say, you needed someone to help you with any of this kind of podcasting stuff. You know, a podcast consultant. Hmm. And where have we heard this before? <laughs> anyway, I do that, and you can find more information about uh, what I do, what I charge, and all that. Uh, over at podcasthelpdesk.com, and i want to bring that up because I want to see what the link says. Uh, podcast management services. That's, that's one thing that I've done a little bit of, and what that is is say, you know, Mike, I really like this podcasting stuff, and I really want to be a podcaster. I don't want to have to dink with all this technical stuff. I just want someone to handle it. I just want to hit record, finish my recording, send it to somebody, and they'll take care of the website, the RSS feeds, the iTunes, this and that, and the other thing. If you want to do that, uh, like I said, I do that, and I don't charge a heck of a lot. Uh, And uh, I've done that for a few podcasters, and I still currently do a few. And like I said, I've got room for more, so. Get a hold of me. Same way you get a hold of me to ask questions, uh, and uh, we can talk about it. But uh, you know, click on podcast management services over at podcasthelpdesk dot com. And the last thing I want to talk about is Patreon. Um, I haven't yet signed up for Patreon, but I'm thinking about it. And yeah, you know, I'm not going to do like Tom Merritt, He's getting you know eleven, twelve thousand dollars a month for. Doing his podcast on Patreon, but hey, might help me uh, pay for my hosting and whatever. And so I'm thinking about doing that. And I'm thinking about, you know, anybody that does sign up for that, I'm going to give them some bonuses uh, or a bonus or, you know, depends on maybe you do it in levels. You know, if you give me five bucks a, a month. You know, you get one thing. If you give me ten bucks a month, you give me some. You get something else, and so on. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll put out these little bonus tips, uh, little videos, or uh, you know. Wh- so let me know what you think. Uh, you, you think that might be a worthwhile endeavor? Mm, you know, maybe, maybe not. And uh, I, I definitely don't want to be annoying about stuff like that. But uh, you know, hey, I gotta try this stuff out. And what a better place to try it out so I can tell people about how it works. And besides that, you know, if I'm helping you, you know, return the favor. Uh, I do that a lot. A, a good buddy of mine, I should say, a, a, a good acquaintance of mine. Don't, I don't know how to put that. Other podcasters, I always feel like I'm really good friends with all these podcasters. And, and I am friendly with most of them. So <laughs> anyway, uh, a guy that I, I know very well. <laughs> uh, and now I'm totally blanking on his name. No, I'm kidding. It's Captain Jeff over at at the Airline Pilot Guy show, and he's been doing Patreon for a couple months, and it's kind of neat. He does these little things called Captain's Logs. They're they're either videos or audios that he puts out, you know, two, three times a week that are extra and above, you know, his weekly podcast, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about with Patreon. I don't know. Might work, might not work. So anyway, I guess we're uh, pushing time here uh, more so than, than the last couple episodes. And like I said at the beginning, I, I didn't really think I had uh, enough for a full show this week, and I was going to have to uh, improvise. But uh, I think I've done it, and thanks to you guys uh, for sending on the questions, and uh, keep them coming. And with that, uh, I will call this a podcast. Catch me later.
1: If you have questions about podcasting, how it works, how to set up your website or RSS feed, drop Mike a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com or email your question to podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com. You can even tweet your question by using the hashtag PodcastHelpdesk. Thank you for visiting the Podcast Help Desk. See you next week.
0: That's all, folks!